day. Now nah, I've been smoking. You've been smoking. We've been smoking all day. I be smoking. You've been smoking. We've been smoking all day. You be smoking. She be smoking. He be smoking all day. Blowing kush. It ain't face from overseas to the USA. I got that blueberry, raspberry, and we keep that juicy fruit. So, if you want that five hour level, yeah, we got Coming at you in three, two, one, action. yeah yeah what's up everybody welcome back to the snurbage the podcast i'm your host tony tone i'm gonna turn my headphones up turn my headphones up turn them up i can't hear I i got shot in this ear man turn them up episode 13 snurbage the podcast i'm tony tone and today we're smoking on some some snurbage called the Van Cushlin. And I, I thought it was like a reference to Van Halen, and I was right. Fucking Van Cushlin. I fucking love Van Halen, dude. Like, more so I love Eddie's guitar work than anything else. I mean, the band itself was good. In all three, four, five, six of its incarnations, I fucking... I don't know. There's something about fucking Eddie Van Halen's playing that just it it just it soothed me. Same with the uh, Wes Borland from Limp Biscuit. You know, Limp Biscuit's such a toss away band for a lot of people, but guitar players that really were listening, like God, Wes Borland was doing some cool fucking shit behind there, man. God, he was doing some cool shit. So yeah, this is the Van Cushlin. Welcome to Snurbage the Podcast. If you've never heard of Snurbage the Podcast, welcome. God damn it, welcome. We smoke weed, talk about stuff. That's that's pretty much it. And I'm going to start having guests. I got a couple people that want to come in the studio and be guests and such. <coughs> Got a couple people that don't really smoke that much weed all the time, and so it's like they heard about my podcast, and they were like, hey, you know, and I was like, hey, you you know, that'd be a great show. Let's have some people come on and just get fucked up, you know, because I'm used to it. I'm used to smoking weed. I smoke weed every day, and some people don't, though, and they so they get fucked up. So speaking of fucked up, so I, (laughs) I bartend, right? And I bartended a bowling alley. So there's this guy that comes in all the time, and I never really have ever talked to him. But uh, he came into the bar one night. We were just chit-chatting and shit. And, and uh, you know, he asked me why I don't bowl. And I was like, oh, I fucked up my leg a long time ago. And it's just, I don't know, I I always fucking pull the son of a bitch to the left. And so it's, it's, just, yeah, it's just easier for me not to bowl. Oof. And he says to me, he goes, yeah, I broke my pelvis and stuff a couple years ago. And ever since then, I've needed to like rework on my approach and, and how I bowl and stuff. And I'm just like, this this guy's like my size, man. He's a big dude, you know, tall and, and broad and shit. I'm like, Jesus, man, you broke your fucking pelvis. How big was she? <laughs> Good God, man, broke your pelvis? Like, like. 
I, I've been banged it out by by a couple of big girls, and they never even came close to breaking my pelvis. And I'm a big guy, and I've banged it out with a bunch of with a bunch of fucking petite women, and and I've never broken any of their pelvises. They might have had to go on pelvic rest for a little while. <laughs> I'm just fuck, man. I was just like, what? I guess it was a motorcycle accident, but I was like, I think it's cooler to say that some chick fucked your pelvis like to the breaking point. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. You know, my dad always says, you know, he always kind of gives me shit because like my mind always goes to sex for real, dude. You know, they say that like men like, you know, think about sex every fucking eight seconds. I think I might have said this on a different podcast, but I'm patient fucking zero for that crap, dude. My brain will always go there. My dad one time was sitting there and he was like he was posting on Facebook. He's like, he's posting about snow snow coming to his area and stuff and he's like well we got five inches last night looks like we're due for another like nine inches tonight or something like that and i get on there i'm like dude you you really need to like say of snow five inches of snow because it sounds like you're going to be taking nine inches tonight dad and he was like tone we don't all go there and i'm like well i fucking do so better get used to it bud i'm in my 30s you should have been used to that shit by now I'm a horny fucking 30-year-old, man, 36-year-old. For real, man, any woman would be would be lucky to have this kind of a sexual appetite on their fucking, on their hands, dude. I see so many fucking relationships and couples where, you know, the dude doesn't give them shit, doesn't fucking, you know, just, you know, after a long while, it just starts getting stagnant and stale and dudes, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Jesus, man, I'm fucking down anytime, dude. Anytime, let's do it. <laughs> the world is lucky that I am not single right now. That's all I have to say. Because first of all, I'm sorry, ladies. I'm sorry, but I'm just going to let you know, every guy that you get with, you know, from here to eternity, they're all going to be second best because I'm the fucking best, man. <laughs> uh, sorry. The Van Cushlin's already hitting me. This is a, this is like an immediate state of euphoria. It's amazing. I love it. Woke and boke. But no, dude, like for real. I don't know if I've said this on a previous podcast or not, but like today, these days, <coughs> I would be in hog fucking heaven. Because when I was in high school coming up, you know, before I had a wife and kids and everything like that, you know, a woman's, a woman's like shape, you know, the, the, the definition of a beautiful woman's shape back when I was coming up was skinny, big tits. You know, it was always, you know, skinny chick, big tits. And nowadays it's like, it's all skewed. My buddy has a theory that it's because there's, there's so many $5 foot longs and $5, like little Caesars pizzas around that, that America at, on on the whole is getting bigger, and you know women are getting women are are thicker, and it's it's a thing because it's there's more of them than there are the other kind. I don't know, you know, than there are of like you know, um, petite girls and stuff like that. But it's like the world is gradually kind of getting to the place where it's like thick is is in right now, and being petite, you're just a skinny little bitch, and. Check out some of my earlier podcasts. I think it might have been the first or second one where I talked about. Oh, it might have been the third one. I don't remember. 
but where I talked about like body shaming and it's not just fat shaming. There is skinny shaming too. But like for real, dude, if I was single right now, like with the way that like, you know, thin girls are single and thick girls are getting all the dudes like, well, that's half of heaven for me right there. And then when I was coming up, it was like Asian girls. I loved Asian girls, Asian girls. And Asian girls are kind of getting a bunch of heat. Asian people in general are getting a bunch of heat right now because of COVID and that stupid orange prick saying that it's the, you know, the China virus and shit. So it's like, you know, everything that I liked back in the day is now like not in. And like, it would probably be a lot more attainable for me these days. And it's like, well, you know, I got a hot petite chick. And her cheekbones are kind of high, so she almost looks like she's kind of Asian. I've told her. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a pig. Van Cushlin time. I am. I'm kind of a pig, but at the same time, I really, I really love women. And I really respect the hell out of women. All shapes and sizes. And I just, you know, we all have our, we all have our preferences. I've said that before, but, you know... Women in general, I, I would much rather hang out, you know, with a whole bunch of women than a whole bunch of dudes. I think women are just, they're beautiful and they're just, they're, they're fucking puzzles. You know, guys are just so, ugh, I don't know, man. I've just, I've never been one to hang out with a bunch of dudes. I don't have a crew of dudes that I go out with or anything like that, man. I have, most of my friends in this life have been women. So I love women. God, they're just, they're so unique and fucking extraordinary. And I just, oh, I love them to death. And I could not imagine being a, the kind of guy, whether it's in a relationship or in like a professional industry where you treat women like shit. Like there's a guy that works with us. He's a kid. He works with me at uh, where I work. And, you know, he's like fucking 15, 15 or 16 and shit. And God, you know, you can like, you can really tell that that dude's going to have a real hard time with the word no, you know, later on in life. And I try to tell him that, dude, like, you need to calm down and like, you know, because there's a couple of good looking girls that work there or have worked there, you know, and stuff. And there's, you know, there's girls that come through there that are his age and shit. And there's girls that work there that are his age that are attractive to him and shit. And it's like, God, his game is just so awful. And he's such a he throws some like so many temper tantrums about like women and just how they, you know, they're bitches and just all this shit, dude. And yeah, he calls girls bitches to their faces and stuff when, you know, when they have a disagreement and shit. And it's just like, wow, dude, like that you could very well possibly be very dangerous later on in life. And I just couldn't imagine that dude never hit a woman. I have never hit. Well, I, I have hit a woman, but it was uh, in the heat of passion where it's like, you know, slap my, you know, fill in the blank. Or uh, the wife and I used to do a really hardcore game of like slug bug because we would make it up for all sorts of different things. Slug bug, uh, cruiser bruisers, fucking Cadillac wax, fucking Cooper, mini Coopers that were kind of a wild card. It was like Cooper blooper or Cooper scooper. Like it was just like stupid shit, man. Um, but the best one, like if you found, and it was like, it was weird. Cause okay. So if you see a bug, 
then it's a slug bug. If you see a bug with a fucking with that's like a convertible, but the convertible thing's up, that's two hits. If you see a convertible bug with the convertible top down, man, that's fucking three hits. And we would like fucking lay each other out with these things in the car, man. And uh, but the best one, like the 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 one that you really wanted to get, was if you saw like a Geo or Chevy Tracker. It was a fucking tracker smacker. And then you just open palmed each other, dude, like fucking across the face. Like, you, while, like, and it's stupid. Like, you know, while we were driving and shit, we don't do it anymore. But yeah, we used to fucking beat the hell out of each other in the car. It was fun. Um, But yeah, dude, I've never hit a woman. The closest I ever came to, to laying my hands on a woman um, out of anger was mostly frustration. But I had an ex who um uh she started throwing things at me once she threw a season of friends at me and like we're talking like a 2003 season dvd season of something you know those things were huge box sets you know fucking threw that thing at me and threw a couple other things at me um and i just grabbed her by the shoulders and i was like knock it off and that was it. Like, that was the only time I ever laid my hands on a woman, like, out of frustration or anger. And it even felt weird doing that. I might have said that on an earlier podcast. I don't fucking know. But this kid's going to have a fucking rough time coming up, man. And I just hope that somebody, whether it be my, you know, my off off teachings, you know, whatever I try to instill in him when I can, or somebody fucking locks onto this kid and, and is like, okay, we need to, we need to teach you the right way here. Cause this isn't it. And it's going to be really shitty and stuff. Speaking of fucking weirdos, um, like, excuse me, out of left field, this machine gun Kelly and fucking Megan Fox thing. I always kind of like had it, not like I mean, who doesn't think Megan Fox is a fox? But I always had a, a, a kind of a quiet respect for her because of the whole Transformers thing, where she, you know, basically she either quit or got fired because she was sick and tired of just being eye candy. Um, and then you know she was married to Brian Austin Green or whatever the fuck, one of the nine hundred two one zero dudes. She was married to one of the nine hundred two one zero dudes for years, and it was just kind of like a. Wow, you know, like here's a nice, you know, you know, got, got a family and stuff like that, and and you know, she just, you know, she's attractive, but she knows that she's attractive, but she knows that that's not all she wants to be is attractive, and and it was kind of one of those people. It was just kind of like, all right, you know, you hadn't heard from her in a while, so it was like, oh, she's out there just living life and and you know, with her husband and stuff, and that's awesome and shit. But now all of a sudden, like they broke up and now she's with Machine Gun Kelly. And now it's all this like it's almost uh, it goes back to like Billy Bob Thornton, Angelina Jolie days, man, where it was like some weird ass shit going on here, dude. And like people people getting attention for the wrong fucking reasons, man, because it's just like now all of a sudden it's it's just she's just over saturated and over sexualized again. And it's just it seems like a complete flip flop. From, you know, what the fuck? It's just one of those cases where it's like, well, that's sad. You know, like Pete Davidson. That's sad. Like, I, you know, I thought he was a really, you know, good comedian. And he probably still is a great comedian and everything like that. I just, I thought that he he was a little bit more, I thought there was a little bit more to him than dating a Kardashian. Like, you know, to me, 
first of all, not my type at all. Way too, um, you know, have to put on makeup every fucking minute of every day. You know, way too, uh, what's the fucking phrase I'm looking for? Self-involved. I don't know. Just high maintenance. That's what it was. High maintenance. Yeah. High maintenance, you know, has to make a fashion statement, you know, all this stuff. And, and just like drama is her life that's that's you know that's how she's made that's how she's made a living is drama and it's just i just thought there was more to pete davidson than that you know and so whatever happens with all that shit i mean the guy i just i just don't think it was the right time for him to start flexing that particular muscle in the ways of like dating all these chicks like i think he should have really established himself as just like a fucking true artist comedian and stuff like that you know, he, he's just getting his feet wet, man. And now all of a sudden this is big thing. And he's like Leonardo DiCaprio when Titanic came out, you know, and, but like to the nth to fucking agree. Ugh, people just, ugh, people disappointing me like Logan Paul or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Paul, whatever. Yeah. Jake Paul's a little one Logan, Like some years ago, there was a video of like, there was this like viral video that went around of this guy and he was just like be standing in a crowd and all of a sudden, just like do the splits, like just from a standing position, just all of a sudden, just fuck right down into the fucking splits, and it was funny. I thought it was like those are the funniest fucking videos ever, dude. And then all of a sudden, it turns out that this is Logan Paul, and he's like just him and his brother, are just kind of giant fucking douchebags and shit. And but uh, you know, people just getting famous and and douchey people getting famous. And there's the whole Lana Rhodes thing now. Like, I saw something on the news, and I was, I didn't even know that this chick was, you know, fucked around. But it goes back to uh, two episodes ago when I was talking about sex and stuff like that. Like, how how it's going to start coming into the mainstream. Logan Paul and Jake Paul are mainstream fucking people right now. There's some, they're a couple of the, the, the fucking most talked about famous fucking, you know, celebrities, quote unquote. That there is out there, man. Every fucking move they make is scrutinized and everything. And so these people have influence, you know, and all of a sudden, like, there's all these rumors that uh, one of them banged it out with Lana Rhodes, the porn star, who is God, dude, like strikingly like I say what you want about her. Anything, anything else, body, job, personality, I don't know or whatever, but I looked a picture of her up, man, like fucking striking eyes, dude, strikingly blue eyes. And it's almost like, um, masters of the universe, evil in whoever that fucking actress was. I can't remember her fucking name, but yeah, she had those striking eyes and it was just like, wow, dude, like they just like, they pierce your fucking soul like a Husky's eyes. Um, but yeah, it's just another, you know, another way that, you know, Porn starting to come mainstream, dude, and I think we're entering a uh, a sex worker renaissance. Van Cushlin. a sex worker renaissance, where it's going to start being more and more mainstream, man, because people are celebrating their bodies and their. And their um, sexuality in ways that the world has never seen. And it's just, it's all blowing up, dude. It's all blowing up. 
And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Not saying it's a great thing, but I'm not saying it's a bad thing. <coughs> I had a couple of fucking tweets that, like, a couple of like tweet back and forth that were kind of fun. Uh, Fallon Bowman from Kitty, the the original guitar player from Kitty, and me had a had a Twitter conversation. Um, because I I've always liked her fucking guitar playing. You know, same with what I was talking about with Eddie and fucking West Borland and shit. I always loved the tone that she got on her guitar, man. Same with Drain STH. Um, Flavia from Drain STH. There's a Swedish fucking metal band from the 90s, dude. Check them out. They're amazing. Um, and the lead singer actually ended up going on to marry Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath, my fa- one of my other favorite guitar players of all time. So, yeah. Um, but, no, me and Fallon Bowman were – I just I just asked a question on Twitter. And, I, and um, actually, it started because – There was that supposedly fake news story about the uh, original bass player from Coal Chamber. Fuck, I can't remember her name now. Uh, missing. But then a couple of days later, like her daughter came out and she was like, my, my mom's not missing. You know, she's just, you know, she's here. I don't know where these rumors are coming from. Please stop. You know, my, my mom is just fine. Um, but I, I threw something out there on Twitter about about all that. And then Fallon Bowman from fucking Kitty, like liked it and i was like holy shit and so i actually like asked her i was like dude do you have anything that you do that's like you know i would love to hear you on like a gilmore-esque like pink floydish kind of a a, of a track you know like do you have anything like that that you've diddled diddled around on and shit you know you could just fucking toss my way and just let me hear just i want to hear your tone with that kind of music and she was like i really don't i was like well fuck man you should fucking check it out and and try and she was she was all fucking you know liking everything and saying yeah I fucking should and everything on Twitter it was awesome Fallon Bowman from Kitty had a dialogue with Fallon Bowman even cooler than that I'm sorry Fallon but even cooler than that um uh I put out something to Kelly Carlin and you might not know who Kelly Carlin is but. She is actually the late great um, comedian George Carlin's daughter, and she has a she has a a, a a pretty good Twitter presence, and she's pretty funny on Twitter. And I've I've fucking tweeted her before, and she's never gotten back to me or anything. But um, this last week, I actually let my ten year old daughters listen to George Carlin's Class Clown album. So I, I I tweeted something like today I taught my ten year old girls about the old bilabial fricative, um, as well as the seven dirty words. See, George Carlin is famous. If you don't know who George Carlin is, he was famous for the seven dirty words that you cannot say on radio or television. Let me see if I can remember them. Um, shit, fuck, cunt, piss. Fuck. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Shit. Piss. Fuck. Cock. Cunt. Cocksucker. Motherfucker. Something like that. Um, but he said, you know, seven dir- dirty words you can't say on radio or television. And I told my girls, these are the seven dirty words that you cannot say at school or your grandma's house. I would much rather you don't say these words at all until you're a little older, but you know, I'm not one of those parents who's going to be a fucking dick. If they're just like sitting there playing a game, like, ah, shit, you know, like, I don't care if they're like looking at their sister and saying, no, you fuck you, man. Then that's when I have a problem, you know, but, um, you know, 
passing profanity is fine by me and my wife. Passing profanity, as long as, you know, it's not getting over the top and they're not hurting anybody with it, you know, we're okay with it. But I tweeted that to Kelly Carlin, and uh, and she was like, she was, oh, what did she say? She said, love it, <laughs> with an exclamation point. Fucking, you know, the offspring of George Carlin liked my fucking tweet, dude, and said, love it. You know, it's awesome. It's awesome. So yeah, those are my those are my Twitter things. Um, <laughs> I want to do a little something different right now. I want to do this thing called Spotlight on an Artist. Uh, you know, the, I don't know how many other people, 3 o'clock in the morning, I, I got to get up and go to the bathroom, and you might be sitting on the toilet for a little while and just like half-consciously scrolling around on your phone. So I was doing that one night, a couple few fucking nights ago. And one of those memes came up from the Lost Boys movie where and in the Lost Boys movie, there's this like beach party and there's this band playing and there's the lead singer is this totally jacked up, greasy fucking shirtless guy with a big, long ponytail and a fucking saxophone and like pink fucking like fucking pants on and shit and a cod piece and all sorts of shit. And he's just like fucking grooving his hips having a great time. There's all these memes online that are just like, uh, like, you know, nobody ever, Hey, you know what this movie needs, <laughs> you know, or something like that. But it's like, I was like, who is this guy? So I went looking and I found who this guy was and his name is Timmy Capello. And go on YouTube. There's like videos of him from like just very recently, a couple years ago. Of him like doing like a show at you know a bar or a fucking hotel or something and and he's you know he's an older guy now but he's still up there fucking fucking pelvic thrusting along with his sax playing and shit I still believe and I just like this guy like and then I looked deeper into it and this guy fucking okay he was Tina Turner's sax player for a while he played on fucking Peter Gabriel's uh what was it was it Car car or melt or something one of the first few peter gabriel albums he played fucking saxophone for um god who else uh he played with fucking ringo like there's like a whole bunch of people that he's played with and stuff and he was an actor for a little while and it's just like you know i just want to put a spotlight on timmy capello hey man way to own that shit like i guess he was he got into drugs really bad and then he got out of drugs and that's when he started working out and shit and he kind of that's how he kind of developed his shtick and it's it's awesome dude like here's a guy who you know he had an art it was a weird art but he had it and it got him in fucking movies and it got him you know playing you know playing on, dude anybody that's played with peter gabriel in my eyes is a fucking awesome human being Peter fucking Gabriel, man. Like, I I love Genesis and everything. I'm not a huge Phil Collins as a front man kind of guy. Stay your fucking ass back behind those drums, bro. You can even sing back there. But <sighs> Phil Collins as a front man just makes me sick. Um, But Peter Gabriel, man, if there's like one artist that has influenced, that influenced me the most when I was a kid, 
um, outside of guitar players or like a band atmosphere, it was Peter Gabriel. Like Peter Gabriel, my mom fucking loved Peter Gabriel, dude. And so I listened to all of it. And I was like, that was, that was it. Like that, like Alan Parsons project, but Peter fucking Gabriel, dude. So yeah, Timmy Capello, man. Like, he he was born in the right time, and he came in through t- in the right time, and you know, as far as I can tell, he's been having a ball, you know, showcasing. And he's a great fucking saxophone player, dude. Great fucking saxophone player. But yeah, Timmy Capello, man, spotlight on artist. The eighties in general, it was great, great decade, but fucking weird one to look back on, dude. <laughs> like. You look at that scene from Lost Boys. Just type in Lost Boys, Sax Man. And it, you'll fucking say, I still believe. Fucking doodly doo. <laughs> Goddamn fucking saxophone and shit. It's great. I love it. I love Timmy Capello. I, if, if he smoked weed, I don't care. You don't have to smoke weed. Just come on my show, Timmy Capello. You want to come on my show? I'll smoke weed and I'll talk to you about shit. Snurbage the podcast. I'm going to smoke some Van Cushlin. So, I like I heard a phrase the other day, and I was like, you know, I already have a name for my dick, and it's Special Victims Unit. I talk about that earlier on in the podcast. Um, yeah, my dick's name is Special Victims Unit, SVU. Uh, but I heard something the other day, and I was like, God, if I didn't have a name for my dick, that'd be it. But it was the box cutter. <laughs> What? Somebody said that, and I was just like, box cutter. <laughs> Wait a second. Jesus Christ. But then it even went further, and I was like, some dude should name their dick like the Swiss Army knife. And then it's like, like tonight you get the corkscrew. Tomorrow night, you're getting the you're getting the screwdriver. The next night, ah, my nuts are drained, man. You're getting the toothpick. <laughs> The next night, you're getting the can opener. <laughs> Good God. That would be amazing. <laughs> Speaking of amazing, my fucking kid said something the other day. Like, he was so quick with it, dude. And that's I just know that it's like, ah, oh, I've influenced him right. You know, like, we're, we're I'm doing right, man. Because I was sitting there and. We got sick. We were sick all last week. And we thought it was COVID, got the PCR test done and shit and everything, but none of us had COVID. But we were all sick as shit at varying times. Um, so they all have, like, these gnarly coughs that they're still getting over. They're, they're 100% okay, but they have these gnarly fucking dry coughs that they're still trying to get over. Okay, so we're driving home. I picked up my boys the other day from school, and I was like, how was school today, boys? And one of my kids was like, uh, it kind of sucked. I was coughing all day, and I was just fucking around with them, and I was like, you kids, and you're coughing. And my eldest looks at me, like, doesn't fucking skip a beat, dude. And he goes, yeah, because, you know, when Papa was young, you know, they didn't have things like throats. <laughs> it's just like, Jesus Christ, you little fucking dick. Uh, I love you. I love you so much, you little dick. 
Uh, and I do. I love him. You know, he's not even mine. And I fucking, that kid is turning out to be quite the fucking human, man. And I just, I love him to death. And I'm so happy that I took that chance all those years ago and said, no. Because there was a lot of people when I met my wife, there were even, even my mother. They were like, you really need to think about this. Like, you're getting with a girl who has a child, a one-year-old child. And I'm like, I know. I, I dig her. You know, like, I... I, I don't know what I can say. I, I dig this chick, and I gotta I gotta roll with this. I gotta roll with this, and I'm so glad that I rolled with it, man. So glad I rolled with it. Oh, this Van Cushlin. Woo! Tell you what, tastes almost like like that is the closest thing to the best bag of weed that I've ever smoked. The best bag of like this is the taste, because I mean I, it was oh, it was two thousand four. I was at Bonnaroo, um, which is a music festival, and someday I need to talk about my experience at Bonnaroo and about how how saddening it is what Bonnaroo has turned out to be. But um, I had this. It was hot as fuck. And, you know, I only had a little bit of gas in my car and stuff. So and I work, when you go to Bonnaroo, like, you're blocked in. Some people just get blocked in. You're not leaving. Your car's not going anywhere. Um, and so here I am camping, and it's hot as fuck, and I can't catch a goddamn buzz to save my life. I bought three bags of fucking weed that weekend. And one of them was this white, like, like greenish, like, it almost looked like, like a marijuana fucking bud that was that was left out during a freeze and it got frosted over like it was amazing and I'll never forget that fucking taste dude but that was the one that I kept in the car and that was the one that like I would go in my car and I'd start my car and I would get the air conditioning pumping and I would just like relax in the cool and I would fucking smoke on that shit dude just like fucking one bowl I'm just I was fucking good to go for a couple hours but this stuff tastes really like tastes very similar to that doesn't look like it and i'm not getting as fucked up but then again that was 2004 man so that was a long time ago in the history of my brain and my brain cells it's good stuff though van cushlin and I, I can't wait like a couple more months and some of my friends who have been growing legally and all that stuff, they, they want they want to bring me some of their fucking, like, their stuff that they've grown. And I can't fucking wait, dude. I cannot fucking wait. Let's, I'll, I'll fucking, I'll, I'll, I'll put that shit on the map for my fucking three listeners. So, yeah. Streaming reviews. A lot of people are talking about the Book of Boba Fett. All I'm going to say is I'm not going to say whether or not this series sucks or not until it's done. Like, I cannot say that this series sucks or not until it's done. All I can say is it's very slow. It's very sloppy. I think that they rushed it. And I'm sick and tired of seeing sand in every fucking episode. Like, Star Wars, when I, when I came up with Star Wars, it was in a galaxy far, far away. Not a fucking sand planet far, far away. You know, we were treated to snow ice planets and swamp planets and cloud cities and you know all, all this fucking like really fucking cool shit man forest moons and everything 
And even the Death Star itself had a planetary feel to it and everything. And it was just, you know, like, it's like, get the fuck off of Tatooine. You know, I'm, you know, like I'm supposed to crap myself with, with joy because fucking Boba Fett's going from one most to the other most like, give me a fucking break, dude. Like they try to throw these little things in there to like, you know, geek up the fans and stuff like that, but it's just not enough, man. And now they're, now they're talking about him changing the name of his fucking ship and stuff from the slave one to something else because, oh, we shouldn't, it's Disney and we can't have a ship named slave fucking kidding me dude like for real it's a ship okay it's a ship the word slave you know there's some women who are like i'm a slave to chocolate you know like you know yes slavery happened yes it was terrible yes white people did some despicable fucking things to african-americans you know and, and and there's all in slavery of any fucking you know people yeah, it's terrible. But the word slave does not necessarily just have to do with that, man. And it's Star Wars. You know, there's all sorts of crazy shit going on, man. We got chicks with like the tentacles out of their heads being chained up and shit all over the fucking place. And everybody's like, oh, it's fine, you know. Uh, but yeah, book of both. And, and, you know, make the huts fucking not CGI. You know, the fucking they have the twin huts and stuff like that like job of the hut was fucking cool because it, it was this big fucking puppet dude and if you don't have it you know that there's a fucking nerd two nerds out there that have a fucking fully full scale fucking hut in their garage and all this shit that they could sh- that they could fucking bring out to wherever the fuck you're filming this crap and and, and you could have some real huts because that the star wars fans are that fucking crazy dude put it out there gamorian guards need to be slimier the Gamorrean guards look look too fake. The Gamorrean guards were one of my favorite things from like Return of the Jedi. Because they were like these slimy, disgusting pig people, man. And now they're just like they're they uh, I don't I don't know, dude. They don't look right. You know, they're they look really fucking cool in Return of the Jedi. And now they just look fake. This looks like a dude in a costume, you know. And droid lives matter. Like, there's an awful lot of droids just being offed in record numbers uh, in the book of Boba Fett. And it's just kind of like, droid lives matter too, man. You know? You know? Everybody's all up in arms about this, that, and the other thing. But nobody's talking about how many fucking droids they're killing in this fucking show. We fell in love with droids, man. Droid lives matter. Movie reviews. I watched Don't Look Up. And that was an interesting movie. If you haven't seen it, it's about like some scientists that find a comet heading towards Earth. And it was extremely hard to watch because they kept trying to tell the planet this is happening. And the planet was just in their, you know, chai mocha latte uh, morning show with Hoda and Regis and Kelly kind of shit. Like everybody was just so, you know, dumb towards it it was like another form of an idiocracy type of movie and stuff it was good but i don't know if i'd watch it again just because it was just like it's so on point and it's like this is where we're heading and i don't really want to see that you know but it was good i i highly suggest i was i was into it man through the whole thing so it was it was a good flick um 
This one's going to take a minute. I'm going to throw a little bit more weed on this because it's more Van Cushlin. Because this one, this one hit me. This one hit me. Um, when I was a kid, there were three movie franchises that really shaped me as a kid. Um, one was Back to the Future. And, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just lost my train of thought. Hold on. One was Back to the Future. One was uh, 89 Batman, like Michael Keaton Batman. And the other one was Ghostbusters. Indiana Jones... And that shit, you know, they, they they came later. And I have I've you know deeply profound respect for Indiana Jones, Star Wars, you know, all that shit. The Godfather became a big part of my life in a, a certain way. Um, but those three, the Terminator franchise, but those three were the ones that like they never got touched, really, you know? Like they did make sequels to to the Michael Keaton Batman and stuff like that, but they didn't feel like the same movies, and I didn't consider them the same movies. You know, like it was it was you know it was different. But Michael Keaton as Batman was my Batman, you know, and that was, and so when I saw Michael Keaton in the Flash trailer, when I just saw the the silhouette of my Batman coming out and hearing his voice doing the, you know, the the monologue over the the uh, trailer. Like, I got a tear in my eye, you know? I fucking cried when Doc and Marty showed up to Jimmy Kimmel's show in 2015 in a DeLorean on stage. Like, all of a sudden, he's just talking. Then all of a sudden, like, the lights just go out, and here comes the fucking DeLorean in there. And they both get out, and it was... I'm tearing up right now just fucking thinking of it because it's Doc and Marty, and... You know, God knows when we're going to, when we're, how long we're going to have those two. And that, that trilogy has never been touched and it's, it's, it's sacred, you know, it's sacred to me. Um, but the other one was Ghostbusters and, you know, Ghostbusters had the television shows and everything like that. And they even had the 2016 movie by Paul Feig, which was an interesting, cool little Ghostbusters movie. Yes, but it wasn't. It wasn't a part of that franchise, and I knew that. And so I, I was able to disassociate that. But Ghostbusters Afterlife... Fuck you, shut up. Ghostbusters Afterlife was made by fucking the director's son of the first two movies, who was in the second movie. Um, God, I can't, remember, fucking, I can't remember his fucking name now. Um... But, uh, you know, it, it, it hit me in all the right places, man. It was a good little story. And some people are saying, oh, it was a little bit too dark and stuff like that and, and everything. But, you know, I thought it was brilliantly done. And, yeah, there was a couple of little plot holes in it and stuff like that. No movie's fucking perfect, you know. But, God, I... I cried twice in that fucking movie. And I, I like, 
I'm not going to spoil anything, you know, any of the, the third act or anything like that. But, you know, everybody knows that, you know, that a couple of the Ghostbusters from the original movies make an appearance in it. Okay? Sorry. It happens. But when Dan Aykroyd, when when the kid calls Dan Aykroyd at, at his shop, um, I just, I started crying. Like, a couple of tears came down. Like, it was just, raise a cult. You know, like, that's, these were my fucking heroes, man. And, uh, like so much to the point where like, I hate seeing posters or anything that just show the three that just show, you know, uh, Egon Ray and Venkman, you know, because Winston was, he was just as much a part of that group as, as those guys were, they were the founders and he came in later, but he was, it's four ghostbusters, dude, you know? And I just, when I saw him, you know, and she's like, I'm, I'm calling about Egon Spangler and just the look on his face, man. It really, it really touched me. And the third act just completely blew my fucking mind apart, dude. And some people I'm sure thought that it was corny or cheesy or something. You know, I don't care. I really don't care what they think. I think that it was, it was it was a good something to you know put the lid on my Ghostbusters man you know and Egon was always my favorite like like Venkman and Ray were were great but like it was Egon and Winston Egon because he was the brains and Winston just because like like when they're in the second one when Vigo locks him in the room and he starts the room on fire and shit and all of a sudden Winston busts in there and fucking saves like dude I was a fucking kid seeing that you know and it's like Winston came in and saved the day I trust this guy you know and it was just um so having the story arc of Egon Spangler was really was was really really great and they they did Harold Ravis right and I am I'm t- I'm shedding a tear right now. God damn it. <laughs> Harold Ramis, comedic genius, man. Stripes, fucking Animal House. I'm pretty sure, yeah, Animal House. Like, God, dude, that dude wrote so much cool shit and was a part of so much cool shit. Even year one, I thought, my wife and I, year one was a really great movie if you get the unrated version. Like, the regular theatrical version sucks. Like, we did not care for that because we saw the unrated version first, and it's funnier, and it's crass, and it's amazing. But, yeah, so Ghostbusters Afterlife, dude, like, seriously, man, one of the greatest movie experiences I've had in a long time. Because everything's so, everything is just so saturating, these days when it comes to movies and shit and there's got to be six trailers and 72 teaser trailers and four mcdonald's commercials featuring stuff from the trailers you know and and it's just like ghostbusters i just kind of i just kind of disassociated myself with it like i watched the first like the the teaser and i watched uh like the first two trailers and that was it i didn't look at anything else anytime i would fucking just see anything about ghostbusters i would just spin past it and i would just I'm going to watch this in my time and I'm going to do this 
for myself, you know, and I did. And I didn't, you know, and it was because I, I knew that it was that like this is going to be something. In, but like going into it, I was really scared because I didn't want it to be terrible. And so much shit these days is just doesn't live up to my expectations. And so I didn't want to get any expectations. I didn't have any hopes. I just went, but I went into it and, and that's why I love movies. That's why I love movies. That movie is why I love movies. You know, like that's one of the reasons right there. It was a great film. And not much has ever made me like really, really hit me that hard like that, you know. Yep. Got that out the way. Ghostbusters Afterlife, five out of five, thumbs up, man. I don't have five thumbs. Shut up. God, I move you a fucking smidge and you're just like, Ugh. but anyways, so yeah, that's kind of all I really had today. Um, yeah, it's the 21st of January already. Good God, man. 2022. And, uh, everything's going good. Everything's going good for me. Uh, just working, living, loving, you know. Uh, the girls have kind of backed off now a little bit and kind of feel back to normal a little bit, which is nice because yeah, for a couple three weeks there, man, it was, it was getting, it's getting kind of fucking weird up in here. I still feel like something's coming though. Not necessarily with me, but like with like the world in general, it's just like all sorts of bad shit out there. But like, I just feel like like it's the, like a small thing that we're not even thinking about, you know. Like there's all this stuff, oh, blah blah blah. This, you know, the environment and and the the you know the ice caps and fucking. I even saw an article about how they think that the Earth's core is cooling at a particularly high rate, and just like all this shit, dude. But I just feel like it's all just like it's all over here in like one big clump. But then there's just one little speck over here that, like, nobody's looking at that's just going to fucking blow up and be like, whoa. Everybody's just going to be like, holy shit, you know. For the good or the bad. I don't even know, dude. Like, I don't even know. Just feel something coming. And it's all weird, man, because, like, the the coasts are sitting there saying oh we're we're getting over the omicron hump and and things are going to start going back to normal and (coughs) meanwhile here it's like dude it's the fucking wild wild west in the midwest it's pretty fucking nuts And I also heard today that uh, well, I've been I've been reading some things about Jessica Alba, who is just my favorite, about how she's like, I don't know, the guy that she was in Dark Angel with way back in the fucking day, um, saying that she was an, a nightmare to work with and stuff. And my friend Kelsey sent me that, and she's like, "Sorry, bro, looks like you know." And it's like, dude, first of all, that's like two thousand and four. 
Like, she was a child, man. And she was a hot commodity. And maybe she's been humbled a little bit. You know, people can change. That was a long fucking time ago. And he even goes on to say in the article, like, a couple of days later, my grandma passed away. And she, like, came up to me and, like, you know, told me, you know, you know how sorry she was and everything. And just, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't seem like it should even be fucking news. Jessica Alba, you're still just the second one for me, you know? Ugh. Back at it. <laughs> Tony's brain is back at it. Working overtime. Thanks for smoking with me. I'm always, I'm always so happy when I know that people are smoking with me. So, yeah, thanks for that. I'm drinking some fucking cranberry juice. It's pretty fucking good. Oh, sorry. I was just throwing a little bit more in the pipe here. Oh. So, yeah, if you're, you know, it's nice if you're just hanging out. You don't have anybody to smoke with. Smoke with me. It's amazing. It's amazing. I love it. So thanks for listening. Um, uh, if you like the artwork for Snurbage the podcast, check out Sheldon Starr. He's the guy that designed the uh, the white logo that we use. I designed the other one that's kind of crude and stuff. But um, uh, yeah, he designed the white logo and everything. And, and his information's down below, as is Young Stone, who uh, does the the music for the the opening and closing podcast and everything. Uh, his information's down below. We are streaming on all sorts of streaming platforms for podcasts, and we're on YouTube, and check us out on Twitter, at Snurbage420, I think. Just type in at Snurbage, you'll find me. Um, but yeah, thanks for chilling, thanks for hanging, thanks for smoking. We're smoking Van Cushlin. If the place that I uh, got this stuff would pay me, then I would, uh, you know, I'd let you know where I got it, but they're not paying me nothing, so I don't need to say. But if you want me to smoke your weed from your company or dispensary or farm, let me know. Let me know in the comments. Like I said, this was Van Cushlin. Let's see. I have a list here. I want to fucking look. These are all the ones that we've that we've had. Not in any particular order. I know that the first one was the Alba Snatch, and that was like super, super amazing. Don't think anything's beaten the Alba Snatch yet. That's kind of like the Great White Buffalo of marijuanas. Uh, Lapew's Gooch, Lieutenant Dan's Legs, Herges Kirch Gosler, 232, Jewish Space Lasers, Bram Smoker's Dankula. That was the, uh, that was the Halloween episode. That was cool. Uh, let's see. Hingle McCringleberry, Leroy Dankins, OG Winehouse, Bat Country, and the Jerkle Cirque. Oh, yeah, and then the Confluence, too, when I didn't have any weed, so I just put, like, all this different shit together that I had and smoked that and got all toasted out. You such hard tested. <laughs> but anyways, you guys have a good one. Uh, February's coming up. You know, be good to each other. Free Charles Erickson. Um, if you want to know more about that, watch the uh, watch the Netflix documentary Dream Killer. It's a buddy of mine.
um, free Charles Erickson. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your January. Hopefully, I talked to you guys before long. I was just, I was really fucking sick, so I didn't want to get on here and be sick. One more, one more of the Van Cushlin. Uh oh, snow's coming. I will check you guys later. Love you guys. Have a good time. Tony Tone, Snurbage, the podcast at Snurbage420 on Twitter. Take it away, Young Stone. Now I've been smoking, you've been smoking, we've been smoking all day. I be smoking, you be smoking, we be smoking all day. You be smoking, she be smoking, he be smoking all day. Blowing kush in ain't face from overseas to the USA. I got that blueberry, raspberry, and we keep that juicy fruit. If you want that five-hour level, yeah, we got that.